Hi, Ralph. Hi, Jim. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you today? Well, I am well. I had a very good uh, Thanksgiving yesterday. Uh, I hope you did, too. Yes, and, I did. Uh, and I think, uh, I think we should uh, introduce our guest, uh, Jim, and maybe you could do that. Yeah, I, I will indeed. I saw an interesting thing today, an interesting picture, um, and it was a picture of a pig, and the pig was saying, I'm thankful that I'm not a turkey. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we all had a chance to count our blessings um, yesterday, and you, Ralph, are certainly a blessing to me, and so is this next person that I want to introduce, and that is my wife, Sheila, and uh, she's a super blessing you know, to, to me. And, you know, Sheila's been on the program uh, a few times in the past, and uh, our ratings are always uh, uh, superior to our usual uh, fantastic ratings. I mean, she uh, brings it up uh, at least a couple of, of notches. So uh, we'll just check our, our SEOs or our ratings after, after Sheila comes on. Now, she it was interesting. Yesterday we were talking about... Um, I guess thanks, being thankful. And uh, she had a, a story that she shared with me, and I thought it would be a great story for uh, our listeners. So, Sheila, you want to give us the back story on the story and then the story of the story and then maybe the uh, story about <laughs> hey, the story? Hey, you're singing my song here, Stories <laughs> Upon Stories. <laughs> turtles, 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 all the way down. All the way down. Um, so I, I would love to. We were... Uh, I attend a, a Catholic church uh, not far from here, and um, the the priest who uh, attends there, or does officiates there, uh, had written an Advent devotional. Now, Advent is the um, six weeks leading up to Christmas, and uh, you know, in the Christian tradition, Advent is a time of joy and hope and anticipation, and the the um, uh, not, it's not irony. I'm trying to think of the right word here. Uh, this is a time in which things get darker and colder. And oh, kind of so like uh, snow on the ground. That, uh, <laughs> like this morning. We have really. right now. Yeah, okay. So I picked up the devotional and brought it home and decided to read the first Sunday. Uh, even though it wasn't Sunday, I was decided to read it aloud. Jim and I usually in the morning do some kind of devotional. And we were both so struck by this story that it it's one of those stories that won't let you go. And we hope that the listeners will feel the same way. So without much more ado, I'm going to go ahead and read the story. And then I just have a few things to say about it. And I'm going to turn it over to you too. Sound good? Sounds, Sounds good. good. <laughs> okay. He was 26 years old when he died in London in 1890. He would be consigned to the dustbins of history were it not for a crippling disease and a loving friend. John Merrick, known to the world as the Elephant Man, lived with a hideous disfigurement. His frame was misshapen. Masses of flesh hung from that frame in ugly protrusions. Scarcely able to walk and talk, he was described as the most disgusting specimen of humanity ever seen. But not to Frederick Traves, a kindly surgeon in London. Traves first saw Merrick in a circus. Merrick quotes, He was shunned like a leper, 
housed like a wild beast and got his only view of the world from a peephole in a showman's cart. Trees took Merrick home and began to show him love and compassion, and the rest is history. Gradually there emerged in John a beautiful, gentle, playful spirit. Transformed, reborn, he even wanted to meet people. One day a young widow came to his room, smiled, and shook his hand. John sobbed uncontrollably. Can you imagine his joy when the Princess of Wales came to visit, when he went to the theater for a live play, when he felt the love and compassion of Frederick Trees? What joy to feel the power of the human spirit reborn within, despite the ugliness without. I'm happy every hour of the day, John Merrick said. John Merrick died three and a half years after meeting Treves, but he lives on as a powerful reminder of the potential for good, love, and joy in the world. Wow, that's quite a story. And uh, you know, the, oh, it still it chills me after the, hearing it even yesterday. It still resonates. Yeah. And you know, you and I, Jim, were talking about this, and, and then maybe Ralph can weigh in on this. Um, when you listen to a story like that, the first place you go to is you put yourself in the place of the surgeon, Treves. Right. And, you know, How think of being... Right. We want to be compassionate, yeah. We want to be compassionate, and, and this is a lesson in the value of it. But mm-hmm. the other piece of this is that there are parts of ourselves that are like the elephant man. The parts we don't want people to see, the parts we hide, the parts we shun. So we need John, the, the, the trees in our life just like the elephant man did. So it works both ways, I think. Yeah, I can see what you, uh, what you, where you're going with that. makes me a little uncomfortable to uh, think of myself yeah. as having warts and moles like... Uh, like the, uh, the Elephant Man, but, uh, yeah, what about you, Ralph? I can see that, and, um, you know, one of the, uh, one of the things that uh, Wayne Nicholson, our uh, former priest, now deceased at my church, uh, used to say uh, is that uh, none of us should hold ourselves above the other because we are all fallen in this fallen world. And, uh, you know, that uh, that's a, a profound statement coming from a guy who, uh, who came to the priesthood in his late 30s uh, after being... A, a secular person uh, in California uh, fell into drugs and alcohol, uh, was a recovering user, and yet came to a place where where he could uh, see that while we are all fallen, there is always hope for redemption for all of us. Huh? Yeah, and I, that's a good point because I've met your your priest Wayne, and, and uh, he certainly did emulate. That that is, you know, he showed uh, fantastic compassion. Hmm. Yeah. And there's something that's interesting too, Ralph. When uh, you and I drive from uh, uh, your house to our uh, favorite coffee shop 
the Marathon gas station that has wonderful donuts, uh, we pass a great big billboard for a church in Mount Pleasant called Thrive, and it says something to the effect of no perfect people allowed. So they get the vision, too. (laughs) None of us are perfect, right? Yeah. Now, you know, Jim, when we talk about compassion, we have uh, here in our town a, a paper which is sometimes referred to those who hold themselves superior in a literary endeavor as the local fish rat. Um, <laughs> but there's a there's a story here from Leonard Pitts from the Miami Herald, uh, which was picked up uh, by APA, um, that uh, the... Um, a young man, a, a 13-year-old boy uh, with aplastic anemia, um, which is a, a life-threatening blood disorder, um, probably, um, perhaps at least, uh, he's not going to survive to have a life much longer than um, than our elephant man. Uh, he got... Um, a Make-A-Wish uh, folk uh, who came to him and said, uh, well, uh, you submitted your uh, your application for Make-A-Wish, and we, uh, we have you, and we're going to give you uh, anything that you wish. So he could have had a PS5 and all the games, or he could have had a day with LeBron James. Uh, but what he wanted to do was feed indigenous indigent people in his hometown of, of Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, so they created Abraham's Table, which will serve meals once a month for the next year to anybody who's indigent in, uh, in Jackson. Um, you know, there there's a classic example of somebody who is Thinking of others, not of himself. Yeah, that's a good. wonderful story, Ralph. Thank you. Uh, but you know the the uh, interesting thing about that story is that um, Pence goes on to say, "Well, you know that's all well and good, and it's uh, picked up by the media who loves to report during the holidays stories of warm and fuzzy things and generosity." Uh, which is all good, uh, but uh, Martin Luther King said that uh, true compassion is more than flinging a coin to a beggar. It understands that an edifice which produces beggars needs restructuring. And, Ooh, that's good. Uh, you know, I think uh, in the most affluent nation of the world, uh, we should be able to do more um, to to make uh, those people who are most in need less in need. And uh, I'm not sure that giving them government handouts is the way I think... Uh, helping them to find a way to be truly independent is the best. But that's a personal view, uh, and, you know, we... Uh, and you never we give a do... personal view on this uh, podcast, right, Ralph? 
Yeah, well, you know, yeah. we can do what we can do, and that's, uh, I mean, if if we, uh, you know, the, uh, the old saying, uh, if you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. If you teach him to fish, you won't see him for any weekend all summer. Uh, <laughs> right. You know something, Ralph? It's kind of interesting. You say that we're the most affluent nation on earth, and we probably are, but probably back in uh, 1890, um, uh, Great Britain, uh, England, was the most affluent nation. And what did they choose to do with Jan um, uh, 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 Merritt? Well, they chose to put him in a sideshow uh, and uh, you know, make fun of him, right? So it's, yeah. it's not just an economic kind of thing. It's got to be a heart thing. I mean, we've got to take off our... our I guess we have to take off our, our blinders, but we also have to take off our rose-colored glasses, you know, also, uh, and begin to to really foster compassion in uh, in our daily life. Um, my brother-in-law, Charles, had an expression um, a number of years ago. Do you remember it, Sheila? About, something about random acts? Are you still Oh, there? that was Dee Dee, yeah, random acts Dee Dee. of kindness. Random acts of kindness. That's and, a well-known phrase, though. It wasn't hers particularly. Yeah. But and just in thinking about that now, um, the, the term random is kind of interesting. Uh, but what about uh, what's another term that we could use? Um, uh, mindful acts of kindness so that we set out on a given day to, to, to seek a, a way that we can be you know, compassionate towards others, and then maybe, um, and we've talked about this before, Ralph, in terms of uh, uh, sort of self-maintenance, you know, trying to find ways to be compassionate towards ourselves. Yeah, and, you know, it's an interesting dimension, Jim, because I was looking at a... um, an article uh, in the magazine we referred to last week. Uh, oh, the real, real simple magazine. Starting your day with a smile. Okay. And one of the things that the writer of uh, that article said uh, was, "Our thoughts create our reality." And I want to be in a position of thinking positive things are going to happen. So, you know, if you start your day smiling, uh, you're more likely to think uh, good things are going to happen today. And, you know, we have talked about positive psychology uh, and being positive positive. fair bit on this program, Jim, but, you know, one of the things that uh, thinking about being compassionate for ourselves is people who are positive through their day uh, are much more likely to have uh, normal blood pressure, uh, less um, cortisol in their bloodstream, and live longer and healthier lives. Uh, the power of uh, positive thinking. Who was it talked about that? Is that, is that Norman Vincent Peale? Or? Yeah. yeah, that's who it was. Yeah. Uh, and so, and he, he was a minister, right? 
He was, uh, and, but, you know, he was often poo-pooed because he was, you know, uh, Pollyanna-ish, they thought. But in fact, uh, you know, he taught others to be, like Ralph is saying, not only healthier and happier, but more productive. Yeah, you know, um, I guess the, uh, the Reader's Digest is still around. I'm, you know, I'm not sure. I haven't seen it. I don't hang around doctor's offices that much anymore. Um, but uh, they used to have uh, various little sections in there, uh, like laughter is the best medicine. And, you know, they really uh, evoked the, this, this kind of positive spin on life when uh, a lot of journalism was uh, uh, looking at the darker side. Okay, I wanted to go back to something that uh, Ralph said and just add my bit. Um, He was talking about quoting the person who said, you know, wake up and put a smile on your face and Mm -hmm. that that will help change your mood. And um, I just, um, you know, I I just thought that's so interesting to do that. And it it made me think of uh, Mother Teresa, who is the exemplar for compassion and generosity of spirit. And she said, when you do something for someone, anything, look at them with kindness. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. You know, and that gets back to something that Ralph did say, and that is, you know, we're not just do- doing, you know, doling out a fish. You know, we're, what would the word be? We're, we're showing kindness, and that's what was shown to Merrick. Right? Wasn't, yeah. It wasn't just that this guy took him, say, out of the uh, out of the, the carnival and put him up in a nice hotel or something like that, but he really showed, you know, you know, genuine compassion. Okay. Make yeah, it. and you know, one of the uh, one of the things that occurs to me is that, I mean, we, it's kind of a t-shirt logo that, you know, whatever you do, be kind. Um, and that kind of thing tends to lose its meaning. But there, there is a truth there that uh, if, if you are doing something for someone, uh, for their benefit, um, do it with an attitude of kindness, not saccharine kindness, but uh out of a, a genuine feeling that uh, this is a fellow human being to whom you owe, at the very least, kindness. Hmm. Interesting. And, uh, well, with so much, uh, even at this, with this uh, holiday season coming on, with so much uh, rancor in the, in the world and the divisions that we see, in this country, and I guess in other countries too, but I'm you know not sure about that. Uh, it's more the default seems almost to be uh, the the antithesis, you know, the uh, uh, anger and, and uh, uh, retribution, as opposed to uh, you know, seeing people for what they for who they really are, and I mean perhaps seeing ourselves for who we really are as well. Yeah, and you know. Jim, thinking about uh, rancor, there was uh, another editorial in the paper today that um, I thought was exactly the opposite uh, of 
kindness and fellow feeling. Uh, when a columnist wrote uh, about the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse uh, uh, not guilty verdicts, uh-huh. he said, I wish Rittenhouse had been convicted of something, anything, if only as a deterrent to future potential camo-clad crusaders. Well, you know, I guess my take on that is... Um, the jury was the jury. They found him innocent. Uh, yep. And wishing bad cess to anyone is not not a kind thought. Yeah, I uh, totally agree with that one, Ralph. Yeah, yeah. And and you know the the Armand Arbery uh, kind of uh, they're finding those three fellows guilty. Uh, it it really does suggests that, in fact, in the United States, despite what we hear rancorously in the press, that America is, by and large, uh, racially blind and uh, that, you know, juries will do the right thing. And I hope that's that's true, and I, I hope that, you know, in this season when... When so many people, um, people who have been uh, raised or made or somehow or other uh, feel Scrooge-like and depressed and unhappy, um, they, um, they really can find um, the spirit of, um, of kindness. You know, that's a, that's a, a good way for us to uh, end. And uh, uh, learn more, you'll see a whole bunch of examples of how we can uh, show compassion. So instead of somebody uh, uh, who is down and depressed and angry, instead of them having to look for uh, 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 compassion, Maybe the kinds of things that you and I, who just happen to be up and uh, and uh, probably Pollyanna-ish too, uh, you know, we might be able to do things like uh, say encouraging words, or uh, practice these uh, acts of kindness, or open the door for someone, or or uh, uh, you know, just be mindful and, and see if you can uh, make them make them happy. I mean. Jim, you have known me for more years than either of us care to count. Uh, and how often have you heard me in in a coffee shop or a shop or just out in the world uh, say something meant to be funny to somebody uh, just because the gift of laughter uh, is is uh, truly good in a mad world? Yes, quite often, quite often. I, I think about my... Cousin Duffy, uh, who is one of the most positive people in the world, right, Sheila? I mean, she, he's always asking people, "How's it going? How's your day?" Yeah, they call him Coach. <clears throat> they call him Coach. We call him Coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Sheila, yeah, well, we often yeah, give, go ahead. usually give the uh, the guest uh, the last word. You know, you've uh, you have the opportunity now to uh, 
But what we've been saying for the last half hour or something into your uh, wise context. So um, if you want to take this as <laughs> last opportunity, it's uh, it's all yours. Open mic. Oh well, remember the song from oh at least twenty years ago. Don't worry, be happy. <laughs> Don't worry, be happy. Yeah. Uh, I think I, that I, says I, it all. And 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 do uh, a good deed at least once a day. Okay. Well, that's pretty concrete. And uh, uh, on that note, this is Jim. And Ralph. And Sheila. (laughs) Saying, maybe you can uh, help us with this, Sheila. Keep your stick on the ice. Yeah. (laughs) We're all in this this together. Together. Together.